buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation, and I'm very excited for today's guest. I've got Andre, Andre Vicario. He's the founder and CEO over at Mod Financial. He's also an author and a new, newly podcast host. Andre, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be fun. I've been uh, been able to see a little bit behind the scenes of of your show. I was actually listening to. Uh, to one of your uh, kind of solo episodes uh, as a little research prior to to hitting the record button here. So I'm very excited to dig in and learn a little bit more about your experience and, and your story, which I think a lot can benefit from. Um, so take us back a little bit. Like, where did your professional journey start, like prior to entrepreneurship, or even if you want to give us a little backstory prior to that, that w- if you think it'd be helpful too? Yeah, you know, literally, I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be an entrepreneur. I mean, I I was the youngest. I was by far a mistake. I was 10 years younger than my siblings. And so by the time it got to me, my parents were worn out. It was just like, go to school, <laughs> you know, go to college, get a job and, you know, buy a house and get married one day. That was just kind of the thing. And please don't cause us any headaches. <laughs> well, at this point they were tired. So I, I was the youngest. So they didn't, they just gave me free reign, but I was a good kid. So I didn't cause problems. But Along the way, I guess the problem that I did cause was at 20 years old, my then girlfriend got pregnant, my now wife. So I've been with her for mm. literally um, about 35 years altogether. Wow. So, and she, it was so at that point in time is when I had to grow up. I mean, Colin, think about it 20 years old, um, girlfriend's at another college in another state. She mm. went to BYU, obviously, LDS, didn't go over very well. Um, so that was my first radical, like, oh, shit moment. It's like, man, it's time to grow up. I've, I never had a J-O-B prior to that and um, wasn't real thrilled about it. I played football in college, but I knew I wasn't going anywhere. So it was time. I had to grow up. So I started working at a health club. And uh, that's all I knew how to do was work out. So I started training people. And one day the owner walked in and threw a contract on my desk and said, if you like it, sign it. The club's yours. Um his his <laughs> his wife found out that he built that for his girlfriend and uh he had to get rid of it so it was it was kind of timing and i was pretty much there all day anyways and it that's where i that's where my entrepreneurial days started was literally in the health club industry oh wow okay and so how old were you at that point where you got that opportunity to take the club over i was 19 years old going on 20 and uh, oh my goodness. no, actually, I was 20 going on 21. I was 20 going on 21. Yes. But I was I was still a kid. I mean, I was I was a kid having a kid first and foremost. I 
You know, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a crazy experience, but I honestly believe that that was the biggest gift and blessing I ever had because I probably would have been meandering and lost aimlessly. It forced me to grow up. I mean, you can look at things in a multitude of ways. I looked at it as the blessing that kind of straightened me out and it was time to grow up and I had to mature faster than most because I didn't get to have those party days, but I'm super blessed um, that it happened that way because I had to get focused at a young age and, and it propelled me. So it forced me to have responsibility. I think responsibility is key and good for people. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just thinking 20 going on 21, you know, just even just having your first job to then having, you know, entrepreneurship, um, opportunity to run the club. Was there any moment that you questioned like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I can do this. Or were you just like, this is great. Uh, this is exactly what I need. I think at the beginning, there was never a question at all. Um, once I jumped in and started realizing that I can't be blowing the money the way that I was, is was, was that, oh, God, I don't really know what the hell I'm doing. And mm-hmm. then it was, you know, it was scramble. I was in total scramble mode. And I think a lot of people that start businesses sometimes don't realize what they're getting themselves into. They just have that fantasy that they're going to have a business and everything's going to flow smoothly and <laughs> they're just going to live happily ever after. I mean, that was the fantasy that I had in my mind. And I found out really quick that it doesn't work that way. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a radical challenge to get a business going, even though it was already established, it still wasn't functioning and running properly. And that was my first introduction to the oh shit moment. It's like, if you don't do this, you don't do that. This place is closing. And so it, mm. it was it was a bit of a challenge because he, he kept the check draft. So I had to be able to pay rent and payroll on new sales. So it was an absolute grind. And I'm glad I'm out of that grind. But it was a great <laughs> learning experience because I took one club and expanded it to four more. And then ultimately sold them and uh, went a whole different direction. But it was it was a great way for me to experience, you know, business at a very young age. Yeah, it sounds like you perform well under pressure. You know, I <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like it. I you know, it sounds weird, but I think I I do. I think better when when I do have a little bit of stress on me and. Uh, I know it may not make sense to a lot of people, but when there is no stress, I think sometimes I create it just so I can be more productive. <laughs> and at least that's what everybody around me will say. It's like, you, you must not have much to do because you're just creating havoc for everybody. But I, I you know, I, it forces me to think and um, look at things from a different perspective. So it, I, I do kind of like that pressure. A little bit. I, I totally, I totally understand that. Like, I think some people are just built that way. I, you know, I'm the type of guy that, you know, early on, I'll take a commission only sales job. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, if, if, if you, you gotta be willing to bet on yourself. Right. And when, when you're, when your back's against the wall and it's like, Hey, if we don't get new members for this club, these people aren't getting their paychecks. Uh, that's a level of pressure that'll help you perform. You know what? And I think it was that situation being able to overcome that help build up so much of the character equity in the back of my head that really enabled me to make it through a lot of other challenging situations and, you know, leading into my next business. And then the one after that, because everything that you go through, all the challenges that you have create a little bit more 
experience for you to deal with later. And I, I believe when you start stacking those things, you, you feel pretty strong that you can overcome stuff. I mean, this past week, I literally just bought a, a full charter company with eight planes in the fl fleet. Three of them are mine, but the other five are their other people's. And I've never been in aviation. Well, I've, mm -hmm. other than flying a plane and having a plane, but I didn't deal with what I just stumbled into. Um, and again, just like all of my other businesses, the only reason why I was able to get this is because of somebody else's inefficiency. So, you know, for people who are listening, it's important that there's opportunities all around us all the time. And sometimes we don't even know what those opportunities are. So we got to keep our eyes open and, you know, remind ourselves. So we have that conscious awareness to look and say, wow, can that be a potential opportunity for me? Or do I even want it to be a potential opportunity for me? And I, I strongly encourage people to think a little bit differently versus, you know, immediately looking for problems. Look at what the possibilities might be, because we're, we're so ingrained and taught to look for problems, 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 mm. which you have to. I understand that. But gosh, sometimes we need to look at it from a different perspective and say, OK, this is cool. How do I make it even better? And then go to great. And, and you know, all the bad things will just kind of they'll take care of themselves when you just dive in, as you said a minute ago. You have to dive in sometimes to figure it all out. And that's the fun part of being an entrepreneur. It's the unknown and the uncertainty that we live with. Yeah, so, okay, I wanna go back uh, a little bit here, but I wanna kinda unpack something you mentioned here about this new, uh, this new opportunity yeah, God, that you yeah. decided to take on, <laughs> right? Um, because, you know, you, you've had a level of success and you could just kind of probably keep doing what you're doing, but you clearly still like a challenge and um, or else you wouldn't be, you know, going into new opportunities, into a new industry that you, you know, haven't gone into before. Tell me more about that. Hey, Colin, it wasn't anything that I planned on doing. Um, my financial services company does does very well. My real estate investment company does well. The assisted living centers, the, everything's doing well. Um, I wasn't looking for this, but when you sometimes you have to look at things in depth. I wasn't looking at my bills every month. I was just paying bills and not really paying attention. Once I started to pay attention to the bills, because I have my planes in a charter fleet. So, mm -hmm. you know, somebody was making a lot of money and it wasn't me. I mean, these planes are flying <laughs> 80, 90 hours a month and I'm writing a check for, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. There was something wrong there. So it came down to the point to where I was, I was fed up. I was just ready to pull my planes. I got a hangar. I was pulling the planes to put them in another hangar and I was just going to hire pilots and just when I need them, I need them. And other than that, I was going to, I was going to walk away from the whole charter thing. And as that started to progress, the owner of the company knew that where I was heading. I mean, we talk all the time. He's, he, you know, and he's a nice guy. Just he, he, the business got too big for him. And he finally, when I told him I'm pulling all my planes, he just said, well, if you're going to do that, it's going to be a domino theory. Everything's going to fall apart. He goes, so why don't you just buy it? I was like, wow, I would never even thought of it. <laughs> and so, so it took about a month to, to get things done. And just, it's only been 24 hours since we finally signed. That was yesterday morning. And I got the opportunity to meet with him, but I have all these planes in a fleet. And so sometimes when those businesses come about, it's not how to operate them. Cause when you start trying to figure out the hows, you're going to, you're going to go crazy. 
I look at who can I call, who can I surround myself with that can assist with this, that has the knowledge already, because clearly I don't. So it's the who do I know that can put me in this situation to help me, that can help guide me through this. And I've, I've got a ton of people in the aviation world. Um, I've had planes for several years, so I got to know a lot of people. And so I reached out, made a few phone calls to some guys, and they're like, God, I, I can help you here, I can help you there. And, and it just started to, to bloom over the last month. So um, this week we're diving in full force, and uh, I'm super excited about it. I mean, the charter industry right now is busier than it's ever been. And what, we, what I wanna do is, is create an experience that people aren't accustomed to. Let's be real, you're spending a lot of money when you charter a plane because you value your time. So I want to do a bunch of gives to make people realize, you know what, I want to come back to this company. I mean, so I'm putting together a bunch of things now. So when people first come in, they get on the plane, we're going to have a bunch of extras. We'll have charcuterie boards. We have all the alcohols that, you know, that they can imagine, um, whatever snacks they want. We're just doing a bunch of stuff. Their car, when they're, when they're away, when they come back, their car is going to be totally detailed. It pulls right up next to the plane. They get in their car and they take off. All the little things that I wish I had, even though I own the planes, I didn't get any of that stuff. I mean, I'd park my yeah. car and be out in the parking lot and come back and be filthy. It drove me crazy. So I'm trying to think of it from an owner's perspective. What did I go through? Yeah. And then even a client's perspective, because I did charter for a while. And when you do that, you want that experience to be really, really cool. You want it to be a really neat experience. So I'm diving into this and getting away from all the traditional aspects of aviation and just trying to just blow it up in a different way. I'm super excited about it. The pilots are getting excited about it because I hate those white shirts with the black ties and things <laughs> on the shoulders. And it's like, I already told them those things are gone. You guys are going to wear nice polos, nice pants, great shoes. I'm going to buy everybody aviator glasses. We're going to get Ray-Bans. I just want them to look nice and uniform and just create a culture that they're just so excited about because I firmly believe it all starts with culture. And the culture they were coming from may not have been the best, but right now I told them all yesterday that we have the opportunity to create the culture that we want and we're going to start it today. And so we already started high-fiving, everybody's smiling, excited. I mean, they were worried from worry to excitement and now they all have great ideas and contribution. They want to contribute in different ways. It's, it's probably one of the most exhilarating feelings when you can see things turning around. I, I got a hell of a lot of stuff to do. Granted, I get it, but it's really a cool place to be. I didn't sleep last night. I mean, I might've got three hours of sleep. I was just, my mind was just racing about all the things that I, I want to be able to do from an experience perspective. So when people come out there and they're going on a charter, they're gonna get an experience that they've never had on any other charter service. So I'm, I'm super excited for this. I love that. I mean, I love how you took your own experience as like the customer and start to thought, think through all of the things that would make the experience better and now it comes around for full circle you know when the, you got this opportunity to be able to implement those to give the experience that you wish you had yeah. um sitting on the other side there okay so i want to go back to um you grew you grew the the gym right the health club from mm -hmm. from one to four and then you sold that what was next for you after I that? I went to Gold's Gym, honestly, right after that. <clears throat> sad to say, I sat and watched the O.J. Simpson trial for about six months. <laughs> and then after that, I 
went into the financial services industry. And um, God's honest truth, the only reason why I ended up in that industry is because my interview that I sent out resumes for, it came back, it was in Beverly Hills. I mean, literally, that's the only reason why I ended up in the industry. I ended up going down and my brother wanted to go with me just for the free parking because he knew I was going on an interview, <laughs> wanted to go have lunch. So we went down and yeah. I interviewed and he, I come out and he goes, oh, don't tell me you're going to be an insurance geek because I wasn't saying much. And I said, I think I am. I love it because it, it allowed me the opportunity to get paid for the efforts that I put forth. And that's really what what I'm about. I mean, if you work hard you sh and you do the right thing, you should get rewarded for it. And this industry provides all of that. And I loved it from the get-go. I love numbers. And I love seeing people improve in their current state to the next level. It's the most incredible feeling to watch that happen, especially over a period of time. I've been doing it for a lot of years now. So I've watched people grow and then now I work with their kids. So it's kind of a neat thing. And and our company is continually growing. I mean, it, it, it's allowed me, a proximity has been phenomenal. I've been able to have a, such a reach to people. It's been insane. And I, I absolutely love it with tremendous passion. It's, it's like the best thing ever to know that you're improving somebody's lives. And it's maybe not even cost, it's just repositioning things a lot of times. It's, it's the best feeling ever. I mean, and ultimately, Colin, I don't know, maybe, have you ever heard of being able to retire tax-free? Mm, I don't know about completely tax-free. Yeah, so that's one, of our, that's one of our niches, obviously, is to help people reposition assets to be able to put them in a situation where they can retire tax-free. So sometimes even people that are paying into their 401k plan and they're paying into that, they're getting the tax deferment. If we do things correctly in the beginning or even in the middle stages, sometimes even towards the end, we can reposition that so that they can have that on a tax-free basis. Even though they got the tax benefit all the way through, they still won't even have to pay taxes on the distribution side of it. So these are some of the little you got some people listening. You got some people paying attention. Now. Yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, who likes paying taxes? I mean, think about it. And that's what I always say to people is, okay, I understand you, you may not want to work with a financial advisor, but let me ask you this. If you could live on your current income without paying taxes, would that improve the quality of your life? Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, well, then that's what I'm going to be able to do for you. And that's what we do. So, and, and our, our company specializes in that. And the thing that I appreciate the most is the culture with the individuals because they are so about putting the client first um, to their detriment at times. I mean, and, and they feel good about it because they know that they're making a difference and an impact in somebody else's life. And I think that for those people that are in sales, when they can create an experience to improve somebody else's life, it's a win-win where that person improves and you improve. You're in a great situation. Whatever you're selling, whatever you're providing, as long as that experience is great, both sides, it's a win all the way yeah. around. I love that. I, I tell everybody that I work with, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to train lots of reps. Um, and, I, and something I say often is, you know, and, and it took me a while to figure this out, to be honest. I was taught everything wrong in sales initially. I was your typical transactional commission breath sales rep that yep. everybody hates. Yeah. And it took a while for me to kind of find the right way. And it's exactly what you said which is it's about the experience, right? And, and that sometimes it doesn't mean that we're necessarily gonna get the outcome that we're hoping for. Mm -hmm. Like maybe 
Maybe we do business together. Maybe we don't. Maybe for whatever reason, it doesn't end up working out after we've done business together for some reason. But the goal still remains to make sure that it's a good experience, you know, regardless yeah. of the outcome. Experience and that's when and you value. know you're really doing sales right. Yep. Experience and value. If you can create a great experience and provide the value, there's no reason people won't do business with you. And, and if they don't, it's not on you. It's on them. And uh, that's, 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 why, that's why sales is such a tough gig, though, sometimes, yeah. right? Because you can do everything right and you still might lose. <laughs> yeah. And or somebody, yeah, you know? somebody else could come in because you opened the door and you opened their mind to the possibility, but yeah. they didn't, it was just that moment in timing. And then somebody else comes in 10 minutes later and they get the deal. That happens. And that's, but the beauty of it is it's that four letter word next, right? There's always somebody yep. else waiting that needs your help, whatever the business you're in. There yeah, is a yeah. person waiting for you to reach out to them. All too often, we don't take that step to reach out. And that's where we fail, is by not making that call, not knocking on that door. We need to extend ourselves, stretch ourselves to that point of uncomfortability and get comfortably uncomfortable on a daily basis. And things will happen around you that, that are unfathomable. You, won't even, you can't even imagine right now. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, that was one of the things early on that kept me going. Some will, some won't next call. Absolutely. You know, cause you can sit around and play the victim and poor me and, you know, cry about getting your teeth kicked in, but, uh, you're just wasting time and energy, you know, and you got to bring positive energy into the next interaction to try to, you know, deliver a good experience. Amen. That's what it's all about. And like I always tell, like we have you know, hundreds and hundreds of reps all over the country. It's like, guys, I've already been kicked, beat up, kneed in the head, jumped for you. You don't have to go down that street. I've already gone down that street. Follow the process. Yeah. And all too often, yeah. you know, people want to reinvent the wheel. And for those that are listening and they're struggling in certain things, maybe just go back to the basics and think about it. We always want to try to cut a corner because we see a different path. Like maybe that's going to work better for us. We always try to feel that we can change or shift things. I would tell people, and I still tell people all the time, get the foundation dialed in before you try to deviate yeah. from anything. Because yeah. if you try to deviate too early, you're going to get hammered. And then you're going to be discouraged. Yeah. And that, and unfortunately, that's when you end up looking all over again and shifting careers. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about salespeople having a little autonomy and allowing them to be a little creative, but not until you've mastered the basics and the foundation or the scripts or the things that are in place. You know, you can't get fancy too early yeah. because then you, you, you start to wonder, like, I don't know if the process is broken. I don't know if I suck at sales. Like, I, you don't know what's going on because you're just constantly changing and testing all these different things when there's already a path that's been proven before you. Yep. I see it every day. People, people feel they have a better way. And I always tell people, if you have a better way, share it with me and I'll share it with everybody. But until then, yeah. just freaking follow the process. <laughs> yeah. One of, uh, one of, one of my good friends and, uh, one of our clients, Nigel Green, uh, he likes to tell people, look, you, you, you can, you know, you, you work for you until you don't, and then you work for me. That's basically Hey, if you can, if you can get the results and, and hit your goal and, and Amen. go for it. But if you're not, you're going to do it my way. Yep. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Cause unfortunately people need to go and they need to get those, they need to get kicked a few times before they 
learn. Unfortunately, that's that's one of the most challenging things that that we see is people they feel like they already know more than they do already, and they want to try it their way. And unfortunately, that wastes time, energy, resources, people. Um, it, it's important for people to understand their path and to really follow instruction. If somebody's already carved that path, you just mentioned it, just jump in that lane and stay in it until you've mastered it. Then pivot yeah. once in a while, but you, at least you have the basics and the foundation to always ground yourself. That's one of the most important things I feel. Yeah. The funny thing is, is if you master it, you may not feel the need or the reason to change. You're like this is working. Why am I going to take a left here? I'm just going to keep cruising straight. You just <laughs> said it because that's what happens. They don't need to pivot or shift because it's a turnkey process. I love it. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right. Though. This is working. Why would I exit here? No, thanks. But, put but it, people put do it, it on the uh, self-driving mode. But why do people do it though? Why do they jump and pivot? Ah, that's a great, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people, I think, I don't know, maybe they get bored. Maybe they think they know better. I don't know. I mean, one of the biggest things in sales is like, you got to be open mind and teach like teachable no longer, no longer no matter how long you've been doing this right like you know and 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 I think a lot of people get to a certain point where they're like eh, you know I'm successful you know my way works you know I don't need to hear anything else yeah I, I think one of the things you said was redundancy it gets gets a little bit boring and it's because I hear that all the time I, you know I want to I want to do this presentation I want to change this in the presentation my simple thing is guys you ever heard of the Rolling Stones do you ever think yeah. Mick Jagger gets tired and bored of singing Start Me Up for 40 years? <laughs> um, but guess yeah. what? He goes out and freaking rocks it and still practices, yeah. still rehearses for repetition. Yeah. And is he bored? He might be, but guess what? He has to perform. And that's kind of what we have to do sometimes. We still have to perform. And, you know, if we allow ourselves to get weak-minded, we will think it's boring. But the reality of it is longevity yeah is consistency and repetition. Yeah, that's key. I mean, it's another example there, right? You think you think a football player is going to go out on the field and the plays to zig, and they're like, eh, it's kind of boring. I think I'll zag yeah. instead. No <laughs> way. He's going to be gone in a second. I mean, that that's, yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. Great analogies for, for anybody to understand, and it's super important that, again, foundation is the key to everything. And, and crazy yeah. stuff happens around you. Yeah. Well, Andre, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, loved learning a little bit about your story. Uh, where, what's the best place for people to get into your world? Um, you can reach me on my podcast. It's kind of fun. I, I'm starting to, to really have fun with this. I have the Modern Financial Podcast, and I'm Andre Vicario. Um, that's a great spot. You can reach me at Andre at modfinancial.com. And, uh, now you can reach for those that want to learn how to retire tax free yeah, or for those that want to charter you can go to flymodjets.com and uh, just threw that website up real quick so we'll be revamping it but it's a start and we're up and running and we're going we're moving forward man so i'm, I'm super excited awesome. about what ha what's happening we'll drop all those links in the show notes for everybody if you enjoyed today's episode please Write us a review, share the show with your friends, and I'm always listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm, drop me a voice DM, and I will get back to you. 
Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.